Now we will uh, move on to uh, a very important guest today, Suhag Shukla. Welcome, Suhag. She is the co-founder of the Hindu American Foundation. She holds a BA in religion and uh, uh, from the University of Florida. She has helped steer the HAF to being recognized as, as a leading voice for civil and rights, human rights and religious freedom. She serves and has served on so many boards and committees that I'm telling you, I could not take the names of all of them. I will just give you a few examples because the list is far too long. So uh, one of these include the Council on Foreign Relations, the Humane Society of the United States and the Department of Homeland Security Subcommittee for the Prevention of Targeted Violence Against Faith-Based Communities. So that gives you an idea of what she does. She also writes extensively and we would uh, like to hear her ideas on stories and how women are the custodian of stories, how they carry forward culture through stories. Please uh, go ahead, Suhag. Thank you, Sumedha Ji. And I have to say that the way that you set us up, um, it's just, it's really woven so well where we're kind of leading into the next conversation. So thank you for that um, thoughtful moderation. Thank you to Indic Academy for hosting this important conversation. And I hope it's the first of many. I can only imagine if we were meeting in person, the type of energy that would be, be palpable. And so hopefully we can bring at least a little bit of that uh, <laughs> through the web. So my journey to and even within Indic feminism comes from my experiences as a Hindu American woman. And so I'm gonna start with something um, and largely personal. And it starts with Saturday morning Malish. Malish in Gujarati and maybe in other languages is oil massage. And so I grew up in a not nuclear family. And so my paternal grandmother was really the pillar of our, our family. And so as she got older with her aching muscles, my sister and I were assigned the task of doing oil massage for her. And I have to admit that as a young girl, I kind of resented the time sometimes because um, it meant it was time away from playing outside or doing whatever else I did. But they were also moments that I relished because those were the times when we received stories from her, stories of Ram and Sita, of Krishna Draupadi, of Mirabai, Jhansi Kirani, um, Dhruv, Prahlad, um, stories of her own life. She was married at a very young age, at the age of 13 or 14, to my grandfather, who was significantly older than her, and then widowed um, at the age of 35. So hearing about her struggles. Um, my next exposure to stories was in college, you know, that sparked an interest of this is how we know, get to know who we are. And especially growing up in the United States when you're straddling two identities largely, one at home and one outside, um, these stories really um, struck a chord. So in college, I pursued a degree in religion and also focused on women's issues. I happened to have a professor who was a practicing Hindu and a woman. And so that led me to stories of Gargi, Lopa Mudra and Maitri, who we've heard about before and even writing a thesis, the Vedic woman, who was she and will she return? The point of all this is that, as Aditi said before, that our wires, our brains are wired for stories, but for an oral tradition, stories are our life breath. So from these stories, wherever I was getting them from, they helped build my moral compass. 
They gave me righteous female and male role models. They introduced me to injustices that existed in the world, especially where women bore the brunt. They showed me that life's complicated and that dharma is nuanced and subtle. And it sparked a lifelong quest to learn more and to keep seeking truth and knowledge. Now contrast this with no shortage of 60 minute segments, because I grew up here in the United States, of dowry to bride burning to widow homes. And this is not to deny the reality of this, but you can see how as young women, whether we're here in the United States or across the diaspora, and I would say even in India, you can have a cognitive dissonance between the stories we're told of, of ancient times to, our, to modernity, and it can leave many people confused. Um, academic research, because I did study uh, religion academically, where I was uh, faced with a lot of exoticized and eroticized um, versions of our traditions. And then, of course, my own observations of what I saw and having grown up in the United States, being immersed in, in Western feminism, it's difficult to recognize something until you have a perspective from a different vantage point. So this, this exposure to these stories, what they gave me is profound tools that I continue to appreciate today. They, gave, they give me an idea that everything that you hear, context and perspective are critical, that there's always an alternative view, that sometimes you find answers to your questions and sometimes you get more questions than answers. So it's against this backdrop that I wanna talk about two projects at HAF that are really near and dear to my heart. The first is the Shakti Initiative. The Shakti Initiative came about because uh, as a Hindu woman and as an organization that seeks to educate the public about Hinduism and Hindus, we were oftentimes asked, what are the resources um, available online or public, you know, readily available about Hindu women, about where the role of Hindu or women are in Hindu society, et cetera, et cetera. What we came up against was, of course, the news that we're all familiar with and, and the conflation of social evils with the Hindu tradition that probably predominated. And the underlying narrative there was that there's a general inferior status of women to men, and it's rooted in Hinduism. Of course, these stories ignore factors such as greed, jealousy, and power. Um, and um, it doesn't explain sometimes where, where we see social evils, the protagonists are oftentimes women. Um, then the other kind of set of sources that we could find online were Abrahamic and namely Christian and Muslim websites that would promote a message that Hinduism teaches that women are inferior to men. This is something we even see in school textbooks. And of course, there were selective mistranslated quotes to kind of make the point. So from that, the Shakti Initiative was born. It's an online clearinghouse that seeks to highlight different teachings by and about women. And so there's basic introductions to goddesses, about the legends around them, symbolism and the values that they inspire, oftentimes festivals and unique practices that oftentimes women are the torchbearers of and women philosophers who we've heard about earlier from our speakers and figures from Itihas. We have tried to highlight, and this, is, this really is a project that's in its nascency. So I actually invite people who are interested in writing to reach out to us because this is, 
it's it, it's going to take a village and and i think that you know a lot of our traditions are carried on as a result of collective efforts. So that's what I hope that Shuck the Initiative becomes as well. But contributions of women throughout history, whether it's poetesses like our Tamil um, Avayars, or in the future, Laleshwari, we'd like to have pieces on that, Rani Jalkaribai, and many other contemporary women, including women here on this panel who are paving um, the path, uh, whether it's exploring Indic feminism, whether it's shedding light on, on, on women that, that have tr transformed Hindu society. And then we also venture into teachings and traditions, Navratri, Karvachot, and I know that Neha um, Ji has done a lot of work on this, where many of our holidays, um, Rakshabandhan or Karvachot, are oftentimes viewed through only a Western feminist lens and demonized. What are the, where does a dharmic feminism or Indic feminism lend to more nuanced and accurate understandings and authentic understandings of these traditions? We've also featured, um, wonderful work that Anjali George has done who works with Nehaji on menstruation practices. In the future, I'm hoping that we can build out perspectives and challenges where, you know, our tradition is unique in that we have eternal tradition, eternal teachings. And then we also have teachings that are bound by time and context. So how do we examine and re-examine and even retell our stories to find what they offer today? Where do we look to the past to address the challenges that we face today where reality falls short of our teachings so that we can um, ensure that women have the equal access to opportunity that our tradition rightfully offers? Maybe a way in which we can address dharma sankarts, you know, how do we navigate our various roles? For me, it's as a lawyer, as an executive, as a mother, as a wife, as a daughter and daughter-in-law? And how do we adapt our practices to changing situations? Hopefully we can have book reviews so that we can take books like Aditi has written on Gandhari and explore those and have really deep conversations uh, or at least introduce the works um, that are out there that are telling and retelling our stories um, that are uniquely empowering and um, from a lens of a woman. So, you know, part of this, I think what's important here is that what you find in these stories is that there's constantly a balance that what, as Preeti said rightfully, that what Western feminism ends up doing is that it has, it feels oftentimes like it's standing against things more than it's standing for things. And it, it definitely has an anti-male rhetoric. Where dharmic feminism is different is that we are constantly called to balance individual agency and duty, balance ethics and exploration, balance the feminine and the masculine. And we only need to look as far as our gods and goddesses. When Mataji is fierce, Madhav is compassionate. When Madhav is angry, Mataji is loving. So our tradition teaches us and provides us examples of how we can symbiotically live with one another, serve a greater good, and also today especially, um, nurture Mother Earth in a way that we haven't. What's been really interesting about this particular project is that who it's attracted. It's attracted young men and women 
who are confused and they want to learn more. So it's a nice way to say, okay, you want to learn here, take this one person from history. You may never learned about, heard about them and explore and, and find out what they did and what their teachings were about. The other thing that it's um, been surprising is the number uh, of people- Sipag, if I may interrupt you, uh, Neha still has to speak and so do I. Yes. And we okay. have a limited time. So my yes. apologies, but could you- no, no, no. I'll wrap up. I'll wrap up. Um, the other aspect that I wanted to talk to, and maybe I'll wrap it up into um, into my my response, is giving yes. voice and telling the stories of yeah of Pakistani um, Hindu women and girls because those stories are ones that need to be told. Thank you. Thank you, Suhag. That was uh, very fascinating. And if we had more time, we could have gone on. I know. <laughs> So you've spoken uh, at length about uh, many of the themes that are that we can see are emerging from this, and uh, dharmic feminism is something that Neha is going to speak about in detail.